Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hi-ho, everybody. Welcome back to D-Plus Us, the show about all things Disney. I'm one of your hosts, Griffin Tanel, Griffin D-Pad, and with me, as always, the wonderful, the amazing Mr. Mitch George. How you doing today? I don't know why I'm here. This is your soapbox. Uh, I know you have a lot of strong thoughts about some of the things that are going to be discussed here today, so I want to make sure that you have a place where you feel like you can safely discuss these things and tell not nice people to kindly go and lick the nearest outlet. Yes, did I send you a message that was phrases as a suggestion yes yes i did did i mean this as a i'm gonna tell some people off in an episode absolutely <laughs> did i do my best there on that intro to not swear because it was very hard to, to restrain myself because i know dropping expletives at the beginning of a youtube video is not great we're a minute yes, in we yes, should be fine now okay we can tell people to fuck, fuck off those now. Guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's right folks uh we're here today to talk about the probably the most boring topic we've ever talked about on this show. Uh, we Finances. Are yeah, we are talking about Disney's annual meeting of the shareholders for 2023. Yay! Woo! So excited. I, I will. I will preface this as that I am a very, 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 very small Disney shareholder. I did not participate in this, nor did I provide my vote via proxy because I don't even think I got a proxy form. Um, but I did want to preface that as to anything that I say does not indicate the way that I would or would not, you know, conduct myself in a manner of business. It's just want to make sure y'all are aware that I have this, even though it's going to have no effect on the way I felt about how this call went. Yeah. So there's kind of three ways to break this one down. Uh, there's some news items that we can talk about that is a little bit more service level fun stuff. We got some some kind of annoying business stuff that they went over and the big the big meat and potatoes of all of this is the shareholder questions um yeah i definitely skipped over that middle bit i understand now why they haven't in the past webcast the streamer que the shareholder questions yep did they get homophobic like yes yes they some did of these before oh yeah um it's funny. You could tell which of those shareholder questions was like, oh, I've wrote this shit out beforehand. And which ones were um, stop trying to indoctrinate my children is trans, yeah. which we got is one... a whole other ball of wax we will try and unpack. Mm -hmm. So out of everybody, we got like seven questions there total. One of them totally a throwaway question that I want to shout out because I loved it. Well, we'll get there. I think one yeah. of those was said by somebody under the age of 50. Yes, and it was somebody that Bob Iger acknowledged as someone who had owned yeah, Corey Borg since they were like six. Yeah, she's a kid who she got she was in the news a while back for wanting to be the next CEO of Disney. Um, oh, okay. at like eight years old, and like, that's lovely. Was talking to Bob Iger starting at eight years old. I love it. Mm -hmm. Awesome story. Highly recommend it. The Wall Street Journal is running with that one right now instead of talking about any of the actual news that came out of this. Um, there really wasn't that much news. Other than the continued fight of Disney versus the state of Florida, which is like going to be a fun ball to unpack. Oh, yeah. yeah. That For what it's worth, folks, I am working on a piece for that. Um, here's the problem. You can't go a day or two without there being news about it. 
yeah, you, it really will be a time capsule whenever that does come out. But I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this whole thing. Yeah, I'm working on the timeline right now. And I'm like, I'm trying to line everything up of like, okay, so here's what's happening specific to this. Here's what's happening with Disney at the time. Here's what's happening with the U.S. at the time. And Mitch, I'm not going to lie. This is making me really, really depressed. I was going to say, I'm sitting here as a Canadian, like, please just keep Florida in Florida. And don't let that come back with all the snowbirds that are going to start coming back into Canada. Y'all got any jobs up in Toronto? Oh, yeah, we got plenty of Oh, actually, it's not a great time to be in tech. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, but yeah, let's hit the let's hit or, the news items. looking to move into the city of Toronto with the rising cost of housing and stuff. <laughs> Fair. Um, let's hit and let's go through this quick. We'll hit the news items. The business stuff is going to be super quick. Uh, and then we'll jump into the shareholder questions. So hitting off with the news items. Um we got a really awesome new sizzle reel for Disney 100. That was awesome. Um, yeah. Straight I up, I actually saw that before. Tears. Yeah, I saw that. Bef- I saw that before I saw this, because I have Twitter notifications turned on for the Disney Plus Twitter because they announced stuff, and then I immediately sent it to Griffin because it's stuff that is relevant <laughs> to the show, like the fact that we're going to be talking about Muppets Mayhem or Electric Mayhem. What's the name of that show? Uh, Muppet Mayhem. I think it's Muppet Mayhem. We'll be talking about that in a few weeks. Um, when the, the trailers drop for things like Little Mermaid or uh, what's the last trailer that we react? Oh, Elemental. Like, we know that those are there so that we can then react to them for you here on YouTube. And yeah, the Muppets. If Man. you're not watching those, you should check them out because they're great. Mm-hmm. Also, weirdly, the shadow drop of Journey to the Center of the Earth today. I need to look at that because I had not. Doesn't look good. I saw that get announced and then I saw you message me, but I haven't looked into it at all. Like, yeah, I, I saw the Brandon trailers. Fraser back. Well, it is not related to Brendan Fraser at all. I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, this is a real, it's actually really awesome. It was one of those things. It was like, hey, if you're a Disney fan, if you're a Marvel fan, if you're a Star Wars fan, then you're going to feel emotional. This, they made me feel emotional with stupid avatar bullshit. I mean, speaking of journey to the center of the earth though, we did get an announcement from journey to star Dwayne, the rock Johnson. <sighs> I don't want to use that transition. Because I refuse to accept so that good. I refuse to accept that that movie exists. Because <laughs> it was it was Dwayne Johnson, it was Josh Hutchison, it was and not a good movie. Vanessa Hudgens. Yeah, it's not a good movie. But now we did get an announcement from The Rock that the a live action version of Moana is in production. Uh, Ali Cavallo is an executive producer on the project. Would love to see her recast as Moana, but I was gonna say that I didn't know that it, I thought that they were saying that she was gonna be Moana, but I guess that's there's not, not been I guess she'll have aged out at that point. I mean, it kind of depends on when they film it. Also, he, he, he also said it was a reimagining, so they could always age the character up if necessary to make it fit. Mm-hmm. And this has been one of those where it's like so many people are talking about how this is like so unnecessary, we don't need this, yada yada yada. I still take the stage play approach with all of these of cool. Another telling of this really awesome story. And it's going to shine even more of a light on Pacific Island culture. And I'm like, okay, that's awesome. Let's, let's see what they do. I think I share a lot of that. I'm surprised they announced this and didn't announce like they announced this before they announced the stage play. Cause Moana just seems like said other than the fact, other than the use of water, which I'm sure they could work around. It seems like perfectly set up for a stage play. Well, so my theory on this is with the parks. 
Um, one of the major undertones of this is that the parks are freaking important. And they are going to be investing heavily into the parks. Um, one of the big news items was that they're going to they plan on investing seventeen billion dollars into Walt Disney World over the next ten years, uh, creating an estimated thirteen thousand Disney jobs. So we're talking like that's a lot of money. We're talking fifth gate kind of money, and by gate I mean fifth park. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, potentially that Moana, to compete. Sorry, going that Moana Blue Sky project is looking real likely right now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can definitely see that happening. But also, like, just another, knowing what Universal is investing in Orlando, the fact that they're opening their third park within the next, what, two years? Something like that? Two, three years. Um, Epic Universe? Yeah, which you is going to be Disney epic. is going to want to have, they're going to want to have some, well, the, the big thing with that is, well, yeah. <laughs> the big thing with that is, um, one, uh, as we're going to get into later in this episode, Fuck transphobes, so fuck J.K. Rowling and the way that she addresses folks on the internet and the fact that she will make money off of every ticket sale at Universal is not ideal. And while we're saying um, fuck transphobes, so, also fuck Ron DeSantis. <laughs> also Ron DeSantis, yeah. We'll get into that one heavy, heavily later, I'm sure. Or I mean, even right now, just talking about Florida versus Disney. Um, but there will be a heavy Harry Potter presence in that new park. We know that it's going to have a Super Nintendo world. We expect there will probably be some more Jurassic Park stuff or Godzilla. Um, so we do know King the other Kong, stuff whatever. that's going to be in there. We know that's going to be Universal Monsters, which is awesome. Yeah. Like, it's been a highly requested thing. But the big one, at least for me and for a lot of people, is that part of it is going to be How to Train Your Dragon, which I think is the oh, thing right. that direct. I think that is the thing that directly correlates as a threat to Disney parks the most. Because it is a very similar audience. Like, gamers going to game, and don't get me wrong, there's there's overlap in all the other ones with Disney, but the biggest overlap between fandoms is How to Train Your Dragon. See, I I feel like Nintendo is the one there. Uh, there's been a lot of press this week with the the Super Mario movie releasing. I know you're Alec cleansing yourself tonight by going to see it after we finish recording. I'm going to hopefully see it sometime next week. There's there's a lot of talk about how Miyamoto is the Walt Disney of games and Miyamoto being like, no, I'm the I'm Miyamoto. Like, I'm not. I'm you don't not need that. to draw comparisons to somebody else. Miyamoto is Miyamoto. And that's just baller. I mean, but also but Mario and like, Mickey are compared so often. <laughs> yeah, like Nintendo is the, I would say, in the same echelon as Disney with regards to IP. Because you look at Mario, you look at Pokemon, you look at. Zelda as a cultural icon, maybe less so well-known mainstream. There's there's a lot there, maybe not to the same scale as Disney, but they also haven't invested, you know, 10 to $12 billion in acquisitions of major IPs like Star Wars and Marvel. So um, to be determined, the theme park war is always very interesting. And there was like very casual, hey, any chance you could get the Marvel rights back? The Mississippi rights back. <laughs> <laughs> and you you know you know if those negotiations are ongoing of like hey you want some more content for your streaming service just let us like you can keep the theme park rights for the stuff you already have just let us build stuff too yeah it's like i can see it happening. which is funny because that universal like marvel area is really awesome i really love it but it's because it, it's classic comic books yeah classic comic books universal area can time... coexist with mcu tie in yeah stuff at disney beside the point speaking of disney world though uh, one of the other things that was announced was that journey of water is almost complete at epcot and when it is done that will complete the refurbishment of epcot 
finally. I'm really hoping just based on those timelines, because they're talking about fall for the opening of Journey, Journey of Water, that when I'm going in the summer, it won't be too construction-y. It shouldn't. Oh, well, actually. Really hard to really hard to know. Depends. Do you want to get to anything like Test Track or Guardians? Because if so, it's going to be fairly construction-y. Well, I mean, obviously, the the crux of my trip is riding Guardians Tron if my belly will fit mm-hmm. and uh, Mickey and Minis. So, yeah, yeah I want to get on. I want to get on Guardians. In that case, good luck. Um, I'll, I'll survive. I do expect because like we're I mean, this is a tangent. We could probably get back on track, but I expect that they'll want the majority of the construction other than the Moana walkthrough attraction to be done prior to the beginning of the fe- I, I Food and Wine most Festival. Of it is, most of it's already done. Okay. Like, Journey of Water is the last thing. Okay. That's um, good to know. I think that's interesting. And, like, going back to that $17 billion, right? Like, I can't wait to see what they do with the parks. I mean, we saw those Blue Sky blue sky um, ideas way back when of yeah. having Zootopia and Moana in that area of Dino Land in Animal Kingdom. Animal we saw Kingdom. the behind Big Thunder behind, Mountain area. Yeah. And we know those are the two next big expansions for Disney. Uh, I don't necessarily think we're getting another gate anytime soon. No, I, I but... do expect the villains area and those potential Animal Kingdom expansions to be what they focus on. I I think Animal Kingdom makes the most sense because, like, as it exists as a park, it is – if you're looking – like, if you've got three park days, if you have to cut one, it's – unless you're a huge Avatar fan, you're probably cutting Animal Kingdom, which I feel is a mistake. I love Animal Kingdom, but I, I understand the – general sentiment there and they need to find a way to use the IP that they have as opposed to what's already in the park with movies like dinosaur and bugs life. As much as I love bugs life, it's not enough to attract the crowds that things like star Wars or guardians or frozen as popular as lion King, the the lion King stage show and the finding Nemo stage show musical just animals in no, general. Shout out, shout out to that Finding, ne- oh, yeah, that that finding Nemo show. If it's 3.30 in the afternoon and you've been standing in the Florida sun all day, the air conditioning in that building is heavenly. Also, just in general, that's like a weirdly good show. Also that, yeah. Bubbles. Like, I love Bubbles. The music in it especially. There's a song yeah. from Crush in it called Go With The Flow. That is just constantly in my brain. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. I think the soundtrack for it actually is on Spotify. Um, no, I, I do think refurbishment needs to happen there. Like, you got to get new stuff in. Animal Kingdom is very much a day park for locals. Like a lot of people love this park. It deserves some love. Um, and I think they will give it the attention and love it needs. I mean, frankly, Disney hasn't missed when it comes to their theme park. No. So. Not with the, not with the newer attractions they've been adding. I do, I do expect as well. We know we're getting the, they talked about it in this presentation, the frozen land opening. I think it was at Shanghai Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, later this year, I fully expect Florida to get a frozen land at some point, probably in Epcot or Magic Kingdom, if it isn't a fifth gate. I don't think we'll get a frozen land. I think we'll get more frozen stuff. Um, I think. I it, think. I think you need to. I just think that IP is frozen, so valuable. Another gate. I don't think you can do it in any of the parks. And maybe that's what it is. We finally get another gate, and that's where we can put like villain land frozen. Whatnot. I do think Villain's yeah you have you have it though. you have it be Disney's Disney's Mystic Universe or Disney's Mystic if they called it Mystic Universe I would die oh, 
Just Mystic dir- Valley. Sorry. No, Mystic, Mystic Universe Mystic would be Valley. a direct jab at Epic Universe, and that would be hilarious. I don't think they me. would be that direct. I'm just really bad at coming up with names sometimes. So I use what was it? Mystic Valley right is not me, bad. Which is the Wikipedia article for Epic Universe. Like so. Mystic Valley is not bad, but that's also just talking about Dreamlight Valley. So well, that's it, it's calling it Dreamlight Valley in in all but name, right? God, what a game! There you go, Disney. You can hire me to name your stuff. I'd take that gig for, you know, <laughs> whatever it would cost for me to live us. in Florida. Nah, uh, cool stuff to come. Obviously, we'll talk about it when. Stuff actually gets, gets announced, announced, but that's not that's not for a while. No, I, I would fully expect maybe a, a you know investor day next year or the year after to have some preliminary or like D twenty three like D twenty three twenty twenty four to talk more about what's going to come to the parks. Because I do think the big the big thing that they're probably planning on focusing on in the next few years are some of the 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 attractions that are in the concept phase like that Avengers that Avengers ride is coming to California oh, in the next five years like that's got to be probably their next probably sooner, big investment yeah. is because con- it's been I worked on for a while being generous yeah um, maybe two maybe three years but like there there are other projects that will come before further expansion to the lands that exist at Walt Disney World but and it takes time as if you're going to be investing all this money in infrastructure and in people and in resources in Florida it takes time to you know, get the ball rolling on some of these larger projects. But this I might be do shocking look forward to, to seeing whatever to hear, folks. But uh, designing a theme park is not easy. What are you talking about? I just named one. It can be open tomorrow. What are you like? Like, just look, as it. someone who has had to do stuff like that for assignments and projects, and also just does that for fun because I am a screwed up human being. Look, it's roller not coaster easy. tycoon was a lot of our youth. All right, absolutely, or at least mine. Uh, I grabbed that roller coaster tycoon disc out of that cereal box, just like so many others out there. Look, I have modded that game to put in Disney rides, and it's very fun. I put Space Mountain into mine. It was awesome. Uh, let's move on, though. I was at a I was at a board I was at a store today, and they had a Space Mountain board game. Did I you know I played this? it. I played it. It's really fun. Is it any good? Yeah, it's actually pretty fun. Okay, I've got so all, many honestly all the Funko all the Funko board games that are Disney related are pretty fun. Well, this wasn't Funko. This was uh, Ravensburger, the same company behind uh, the Villainous games. Oh. Well, still a fun game. <laughs> um, switching gears. Let's talk about business yeah. shit. Uh, this is going to be super quick. Uh, mostly, it's just a reminder that corporations are extremely corrupt and kind of suck. Um, tax the rich. That's all I got. Yeah. Tax the rich, eat the rich. Um, now, nah, we got one uh, vote on the frequency of executive compensation votes. Uh, this is a, just a mandatory vote that has to happen. Uh, the vote is to do it every once a year. It doesn't fucking matter. Um, more interestingly, we got a, the was the actual shareholder proposal votes. Uh, we had one to determine essentially what business Disney is doing in China. Um, if you follow the news in any way, shape, or form, you might know that the U.S. is extremely focused on China at the moment as one of our main adversaries. Um, surprisingly enough, 89% of the vote was against uh, this proposal of basically just having to report any business Disney's doing in China, where they're depending on the Chinese government specifically. After that, hard for them to do hard for them to do that, given how closely tied they are on two theme parks in that country. Yeah, well, even then, like those are mostly run by the Chinese companies, not Disney. So it it would get into also a true. lot of really weird space. Yeah, um, also the whole Hong Kong and like the independence of Hong Kong was like that's 
a whole other ball of political wax that nobody really wants like, to get look, into. I've done a lot of political research for this episode. I have not bothered trying to delve into that because it's already confusing enough as is. Um, worth noting, though, on this one, I feel like it's important to tell you where the board was leaning and urging people to vote. Um, they were leaning people to vote against. For the next two, they were also... Pretty much all of them, really, were urging people to vote against any of these proposals and voting for, hey, let's just let's swear in the new people, yada, yada, yada. Um, next one was publicly disclosing what charities are being donated to and what the general range of money is being sent to those. Um, that was another one that was voted against. 92% voted against that, which seems like a very weird thing to vote against. Um, yeah, I, I understand... From a business perspective, revealing more about their charitable givings could be seen as a way to target Disney. So if they're seen as supporting charities in which the extremist right, which is what I'm going to call them because that's exactly the news that I get out of the U.S. If you are donating to the charities that those groups don't like, it could affect your bottom line as a business and would have people, you know, boycott your product, your parks, your everything. So I understand from a business perspective why they do it. But for transparency's sake, like it should always be public knowledge who you're donating to as a charity because charities need our help. And then the other big piece of this, which I don't even know if I got into because I kind of zoned out into this part, is disclosing the political donations that you are donating to would also be something that should be fairly public knowledge because people need to understand, you know, that their money is going to support things they do or do not support. Absolutely. Even though at the and, end of the day, um, we're all paying money towards corporations that are donating things to political campaigns and charities that we do not agree with, because that is just the way the world works. Yeah, that um, interesting enough that had more the political donations had more votes for it than the charities did. Um, charities was ninety two percent against. Political donations was sixty three percent against. And mind you that these are worded slightly differently. So the charities one was wanting a public disclosure of this information somewhere on Disney's website where that's a list of here are who we donate to, which gets really messy for Disney because they run a lot of charities themselves. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, they're, they're amazingly gigantic tax write-offs for Disney. Like, well, they also talked in this about like, um, make a wish things, didn't they? Or yeah. I think it's something else. They did talk about make a wish unrelated to this. Unrelated to this, but just again, Disney does a lot of charity because one, it's a huge tax write-off. So why wouldn't they I mean, do like, it? And Animal two, Kingdom is practically one big tax write-off with how much charity work happens there, particularly yeah, in conservation. It, it like Disney is one of the so leads in doing conservation efforts, which is really awesome. Like, don't get me wrong; these charities are fantastic things, and they really are helping people. But it is important to remember that this is a corporation. These are essentially tax write-offs for these people. Like fantastic yeah. but it that's, does not that's change the way me. that's the way capitalism works and whether or not we agree with it it's the system that we are all living under for now as we are definitely in this and you know later stages of capitalism we'll see when things go the way of france where have you seen what's been going on in france recently dude i've i have and like, like they've been I rioting and burning things in the streets over them raising the retirement age from 61 to 63 yeah, and, and I'm looking at 63 like, damn, that'd be nice. 63. Doing that, but also because they pushed it through without any vote. Also that, yeah. Um, No, I, I think we should all be taking a note out of France's book, frankly. But 
a hey, guess what, folks? I'm a leftist. Would, it was uh, all pretty well. If, yeah, if you couldn't tell where my political views are, 23 minutes into me talking about how a corporation is evil. <laughs> or the fact that we both retweeted a post this past week of them having a trans rights is human rights poster in the new Spider-Verse trailer. Mm-hmm. Or the constant like, that should casually be retweeting the 10 steps of genocide. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah, I do that fairly often. I should probably do that less often. But anyways, um, no, what's interesting about all that, though, is like, yes, that's that political donations. One was worded a little differently where it was people wanting an inside look at also like the process of how they were deciding those things and kind of being like, hey, whenever you're doing these, you need to consider what the who the people you're donating to are who, what they're doing and how that allies itself with um with disney's point of view on things um they cited a lot of cases where disney has supported uh people in politics that have directly gone against the things disney says they stand for one example was they donated 200 about two hundred thousand dollars to what i believe was the state attorney general who actively right. voted for the Don't Say Gay bill and actively helped that get in the process, stuff like that, basically wanting an inside look on that. With all of that said, I also want to shout out an app that is really helpful if you are interested in this kind of stuff, both in terms of Disney and just in general. Uh, it is the Goods Unite Us app. Uh, it does show you if you are inclined to, hey, I would like to not purchase things from companies that are supporting one way or the other this app is really good about telling you hey this company this person donates to republican party donates to democratic party those in particular are donations that have to be publicly public knowledge so yeah highly recommend if you are interested checking that out i use it all the time um, this is okay. I hear about things like this and it's so hard. Like as someone who is not American, it is hard to, it is one hard to watch everything that your country is going through. And I'm sorry that you are having to experience this because people are awful, but also too, it's like anytime I want to go through and audit some of these things for myself, that information is much less readily available in countries that are not the U S because you don't have a, a, a base that is as engaged as uh, as you see in the U.S. Like there's probably a very, very large pop portion of the population is just very centrist and voting one way or another on specific issues. But then you have the very vocal left and the very vocal right that are both left, you know. Right. <laughs> oh, well, I'm, just, I'm, just, no, I'm making a I've made a, a gesture to that as like a high hello. I want to clear I am left, not right. <laughs> yeah, the. Um, that way on my screen, I don't know if it's that on your screen. Um, yeah, so the, these tools are great if you are of the mind that you want to be more aware of the way your money is influencing one thing or another. But ultimately, like, at the end of the day, it's just so hard to avoid, you know, the things that you might not necessarily agree with are still going to be a part of our everyday life unless we are to take a stand and be very vocal about our opposition to certain things. It's it's just so hard to influence, like to affect change in Western society. Like you, you want to feel like you can, but it ultimately, at the end of the day, at least for me, it always just feels like it's a lost cause. Yeah, that's why it's been interesting doing this piece I'm working on about Disney and Ron DeSantis. Is a lot of this, especially with the fight for trans rights, especially with yeah. the fight for gun control, 
in the U.S. is you have to take the wins where you can. And the hard thing about these is that it's so, so easy to lose hope. It is so easy to say the world's the world's fucked and there's nothing we can do. Like hope. I forget who said the quote. Actually, I'm going to bring this up because I have this written down in a personal project I'm working on. Um, particularly specifically <laughs> I, about hope, funnily enough. I'll, I'll let you um, look for that by just already. saying, oh, okay, never mind. No, you go, you go. I was just like, again, as an outsider to the American political system, it feels even more hopeless in that the decisions made in the U.S. have such far-reaching impacts across the globe, especially to our closest trading partner, a.k.a. the hat that sits on top of the U.S. and doesn't really want to be on top of that, the, the hat that is there because the hat, the head that the hat is on kind of crazy um but it just it feels so difficult like it's difficult at times seeing that the way that the american political system is influencing global politics and feeling even less in control that you as an individual are having more difficulty with swinging things one way or another because largely a lot of this is being influenced by something that's happening in the country that you have no control over it's it's tough um, so the quote I was finding is, sometimes hope is a radical act, sometimes a quietly merciful response, sometimes a second win, or just an increased awareness of goodness and beauty. It's a quote from Anne Lamote, who's an author and political activist. But it's something I've, I've been trying to think about a lot of, like, yeah, you have to believe in what you're fighting for. And yeah. part of that is believing that you can actually win. A point made, weirdly enough, in the new D&D movie... <laughs> Um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing that on Friday. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a time. It's it's a weird time to be alive, and I do think things will get better eventually. But we do have to fight for it, and that's something we're going to talk about here in a second. Um, as we jump into the actual uh, questions from shareholders, there's a couple good ones here. Yeah, I'm going to save the um awful the awful ones to the very end. Uh, that way. If you don't want to hear these things, I can give you a trigger warning. We can give you a direct cutoff point. Um, so let's talk about the fun ones. <laughs> um, the first question was from Corey Borgstadt, um, asking if Disney was concerned about the amount of content they're making, particularly, are you worried about getting to a point where there's too much content that it's overwhelming to the viewer and doesn't always live up to the Disney quality of standard? Um Bob gave a pretty generic answer, frankly, of, hey, when we yeah. decide to tell stories, our aim is quality. Uh, I loved his line of the more is not necessarily the merrier. He's not wrong. I, I feel like that was directly talking to the folks that have felt a certain way about the Marvel properties on Disney Plus and would have loved to have seen a follow up to this that focused specifically on that because we have heard him at times talk about scaling back the amount of content that we're seeing on Disney Plus, making sure that it meets that quality. And how is that going to impact things outside of the Marvel bubble? Is it just something that they're looking at with Marvel or is it something that they're looking at across their entire entertainment portfolio? I think the interesting about it thing about it is, I mean, you can see it today, a bunch of stuff, a bunch of shows dropped on Disney plus today. Um, but every, every new show that they put out is made for somebody. Like there's going to be somebody that watches it. A lot of the older stuff, is not necessarily being put up for that reason. A lot of it's being put up for archival purposes, which I got weirdos like us. That'll react to the entire national treasure series on, on YouTube and podcast services around the globe. Go check those out now. Um, no, I think it's, or don't. it's up to you. I honestly, 
Um, I think it's interesting. I think it's cool stuff. But like, yeah, it was it was an interesting one way to think about it. Yeah, hey, we know volume and quality is a, is a tricky balance, but we know we understand. We're working on it. Um, keeping it with the streaming stuff. The second question from Carmine Ferrom. Ferromi. I don't know. I first heard this guy's name is Carmine Falcone, and I was like, nope. I wouldn't that's worry a about the name specifically. We can just talk about the questions. There's one name I'm going to call out, but that's the, the end. You know exactly which one it is, folks. Uh, but no, I was mostly just like, yeah, I thought for sure I heard the name of a Batman villain, and that's more why I'm talking about this than anything else. Um, second quarter of last year, Disney spent a shit ton of money buying back a bunch of their licensed content that was... Um, that was licensed out to other companies, stuff like the uh, Netflix, Marvel stuff. Uh, they yeah, spent like so a they billion bucks on it. Yeah, like they specifically talked about the Netflix um, licensing agreements that they had in place that they no longer do. But it was also stuff like buying back X-Men, buying a bunch of stuff from Fox, whatnot. Um, basically, the question was, can we expect future revenue from this? And uh, what the hell? <laughs> Which, yeah. honestly, totally fair question. Um, and the answer to it was... There's really not going to be much future revenue from this stuff, but in becoming a be, becoming a streaming giant, because let's be honest, Disney Plus is one of the streaming giants now. Yeah. Like a big part of that is having control over your shit. I, I think the other thing that was interesting here is his answer talked about getting Disney Plus to a point where it's profitable, and that is one of the most difficult things to do at this point. I don't think there's a single streaming service that is profitable at this point. You see Netflix making very odd business decisions, and those business decisions are not led by being consumer-focused. They're led by the bottom line and their dollar. And we're going to see, especially with the amount of investment that has gone into these streaming services, specifically through the pandemic, they've, they've pumped out a lot of content. And now a lot of these streamers are at a point where they need to try and figure out, okay, we're spending a lot of money on this service. How can we make money through it? And a lot of it is data just having that data is valuable for their other properties. And that's why we see such a difference between Netflix's approach to trying to find more money and these other streaming giants. Like you look at all the other big streamers, Hulu also owned by Disney, but it also is the star content in every territory that isn't the U S Amazon. Like prime video is Amazon. They have Amazon to back it. They have all that data. There was, but also interesting video, they're kind of falling apart right now. Yeah. Highly recommend going and checking out the too much money in, going around. Uh, they don't they know who they too are. Much money in, well, they invested too much money in the Lord of the Rings and it didn't perform up to like even the boys, which is just crazy. Yeah, but like Amazon Prime Video doesn't have an identity. They do not know who yeah. they are. They don't know what kind of content they want to make. And it's very clearly showing over there. Yeah, but like all of the big streamers, HBO Max, obviously backed by HBO Discovery or Warner whoever. Brothers. Oh, whoever it is now, Warner Brothers. Yeah, it it's... They, they have these larger businesses to fall back on. Netflix doesn't, which is why they're trying to nickel and dime their consumers, and it's not going well. I, for one, have canceled my Netflix, and I would recommend that everyone out there do the same if there's not content there that speaks specifically to you or those in your immediate household, which is the reason that I canceled. Yeah, there's another question from another guy that was like, hey, why are we focused on streaming as a major pillar here? There is a cap in the amount of con- amount of money you can make off of this. Are you yeah. considering doing multiple tiers like Netflix? Like, what what is happening here? And that question never really got answered because he asked some other questions. Yeah. But it is a Disney seeming to take a more pro consumer route with this. Of hey, we're gonna keep it as is, 
and I say pro-consumer in the way of giant mega corporation can. They they don't chosen not to jack up the prices too exorbitantly yet. yet. I think is the nice way to put it because I do fully expect over the next five years that the price of Disney Plus will go from being you know eight nine dollars a month to the fourteen fifteen dollars that we're seeing. I would not be surprised from most of the other major streaming services. Honestly, I'm kind of surprised we're not there already. But I'm glad we're not because my wallet probably couldn't afford it. I mean, it could afford it. I would make. Oh, it being this I'd cheap make, at the moment is why we're more. able to do this show. Like, let's be yeah, honest. It's part of it, for sure. Mm. I mean, it's why I we're mean, we'd be doing the show regardless. We would just maybe be sailing the high seas Yo-ho. to find some of the content. All right, let's keep going. Um, for one of my favorite questions of the entire thing. Uh, question number three. What happened to the Premier Passport? Um, I had to Google this. I didn't know what the hell this was. This guy went on the longest tangent of like telling his story to get to this. And I respect the shit out of it. I like this. I shout out to this guy. Um, the premier passport for folks that didn't know was a, essentially an annual pass for both Disneyland and Disney world. Um, <laughs> the answer was so blunt. It was no one, no one cared. We were, we were losing. No one. On this. No, you're the only person that cared enough one to be a, a shareholder, call into this meeting and ask about it. I, I understand. So not to get too into the weeds, but I mean, I'm, I work for a company that is product driven and we do have a new product that replaced an old product. that was basically the exact same thing, but with more value. But the problem was they weren't making enough money off of the one product, so they wanted to pivot and only sell the other product. That is the way products work. If a product is not making your company money and is only serving a small subset of people, they will find a way to make more money from more people. Mm-hmm. The and end. It's, honestly, it's something I'm like I'm not even mad about because like you got to imagine that the people that a have the money to buy that that thing is like two thousand dollars. It's ridiculous. Also, it's probably a lot more than two thousand. I'm totally ballparking there. Um, I th- no, I th- yeah, I don't, I don't know how much it was, but essentially, it was a pass that got you. It was a, it was an, it was a, a park pass for both Disneyland and Disney World. But being able to buy that, but also being able to easily get to both Florida and California, it's a very, very small market. Very expensive lifestyle. Oh yeah. God, I wish I could live that kind of life. Right. Um, looking through stuff. We got a couple other ones before we jump into like the two big talking points of this one. Um, the, there was two that weren't, weren't really questions. Uh, one was from a cast member who was essentially thanking Bob Iger for helping implement systems that helped, uh, cast members and their families in terms of medical attention, um, in helping him, his mom fight cancer. Um, shout out to this guy, but also for throwing in the best throwaway question you possibly could, which is, have you ever thought about bringing back the e-ticket system? Uh, yes, we plan on eliminating the thing that is getting us $35 per person per day in Walt Disney World in favor of paper passes. Yeah, it was hilarious to me. Like, you could tell it was a throwaway question because he had just had to have a question in there. Yeah. Did you did you see that, though, that the past couple of days Magic Kingdom, Genie Plus has been $35? Yeah, and it's selling out by before 10 a.m. $35. If it's $35 when I go in August, I might just turn around and leave the park. Oh, yeah. Um, I think it might be actually for you because you're going in peak time. 
No, we're 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 going just as the peak is waning. So mm. like we're going the week that most kids are back in school in the U.S. That's right. That's different. In depending on what state you're in. Yeah. I'm used to people going not going back to school till September. So. Yeah, I'm used to you know the Tuesday after Labor Day is when we typically go back up here. Yeah, it's fifty fifty. Like I know my little brother starts. He's in college, but it's mid August again. I am going for Tron. Guardians, Ratatouille, and Mickey and Minnie's. I ride anything else, and that's gravy. Yeah, there you go. Plus, we'll, plus we're going to do the rope drop thing, and we're going to get the most out of the days, even if we're just going to go back to the hotel and take breaks. Like, we're going to be fine. You know, it's funny. Last time I went, I don't think I rope dropped a single day. <laughs> I'm rope dropping every day. Otherwise, I'm not getting on those big ticket items that I know my mom and sister might want to Fair. check out. I mean, I was quote-unquote rope dropping, like, the virtual queue, but... Oh, yeah. That yeah, was because yeah, I could sure. do that from the comfort of a bed. Yeah. All right. We got the two big ones. So, um, trigger warning for you all now. We are going to talk about LGBTQIA plus rights here. We are going to be talking about Florida. Um, there are some, frankly, extremely homophobic questions that were answered asked here from one person in particular. If you are not able to handle that, please go. We're not going to think anything less of you. In fact, we're going to think more of you for taking the time to step away from something for your own mental health. We we want to be here for you. If you ever need help or support, we are both on the internet and fairly open about where we can be found. Um, I I aim myself to be as as you know open as tra and transparent as I can be in that I am very naive about all of this and want to just learn more and try and build myself up to be a better ally. So if there is any way that I can help you personally before you check out of this episode, which we totally understand, please don't hesitate to reach out. Mr. Mitch George on all the socials, mitchgeorge.com for the links. Griffin at Griffy D-Pad, G-R-I-F-F-I-D-P-A-D all over the internet. Please don't don't hesitate. We want to make sure that we're there for you. You're you're here listening to us and we only want to be able to return the favor if you are so inclined to, to need and want that support. <laughs> all of that said, let's actually jump into this stuff. Uh, we'll start with the lower ball one first, which was, um, I am going to be giving the names of these ones because I, I think it's helpful in these situations. Um, also, particularly telling you where these people are from gives you a good view of everything here. Uh, the first question was actually one of the earlier questions from Alan Frischer from Ameriprise Financial. They were very specific about that for some reason in Melbourne, Florida. And I'll tell you what, Alan Frischer, um, don't publicly give so much information about yourself. So that's going to do real well for uh, Google reviews. Oh, yeah. It's really easy to find this guy. Um, now, he was asking what steps are being taken to protect shareholder values in the inevitable legal battle between Disney and Ron DeSantis over the Reedy Creek Improvement District. Very specifically stating that they are concerned for tax concerns. <laughs> kind of throwing his, his son who lives in Orlando under the bus here. Not the best look, Alan. Um this is kind of the big quote that's going around, right? This is the big one from quote that's hitting all the news from Bob Iger talking about stuff of like, look, we love Florida. We've invested so much into it over the last 50 years. This is when they dropped the 17 billion number. Um, but I think the important thing here talking about specifically around, around DeSantis is actually just straight up reading the quote because I can't, I cannot formulate words better than Bob Iger. He's weirdly good at it. I mean, he is the CEO of one of the largest entertainment companies in the world for a reason. 
especially for a second time. So, so I'm just going to read the quote and we're going to go from there. Take it away, Bob. Um, We've always respected and appreciated what the state has done for us. It's kind of been a two-way street. But a year ago, the company took a position on pending Florida legislation. And while the company may not have handled the position they took very well, a company has a right to, f- a right to freedom of speech, just like individuals do. And obviously, in taking the position, the governor got very angry about the position Disney took and seemed like he's decided to retaliate against us, including the naming of a new board to oversee the property and the business. In effect, to seek to punish a company for its exercise of a constitutional right. And that just seems really wrong to me against any company or individual, but particularly against a company that means so much to the state you live in. He then went on to talk about a lot of the numbers that they did. I did not really feel the need to write down a shit ton of Disney business numbers, uh, but he went on and ended his statement saying, any action that thwarts those efforts simply to retaliate for a position the company took sounds not just anti-business, but it sounds anti-Florida. Anti-Florida, anti-American, anti-humanity. Like, what the I mean, hell? It is, it's no secret that Ron DeSantis is the most petty fucking politician out there. And There's I'm a saying reason that why the Trump, Republican Party is looking at building him up to be the next Trump. I am saying that as Trump still exists. Like, Ron DeSantis uh-huh. is ridiculously petty, and every move he has made in the last couple of years, or last year, has... Um, yeah, last year, especially with Disney, has really just been a ploy to get himself information or get himself out there for the inevitable presidential The Republican election. nomination for the next presidential election. Um, but I really appreciated a lot of what um, Bob said here of really standing their ground on this. It bugs me so much that we see companies having the same rights as individual people in the U.S. It drives me absolutely batshit crazy. Because that's just not how this works. That's not how the world is. But at this point, it's like like I said, you, you take some, you lose some. Like you, you try and take those oppor- you you try and you know champion the opportunities where a company is using that place of privilege to invoke change or try and support people that are being um, you know put out by any of these decisions that are being made. And less of the other side of the coin that we don't hear about as much of these companies, you know, as quietly as they can, funneling money into Ron DeSantis's reelection campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's while well, he does stuff like this. Yeah, it's interesting. Like this is a this is a fascinating position that Disney is in at this point, where it's company, it's corporation versus politician, and anti anti corporation people like me are rooting for the corporation. Yeah, like, that, that doesn't happen. You, you, you know you're on the wrong side of this of this argument when you've got people that are anti-capitalism agreeing with the capitalist structure put in place by the House of Mouse. Mm-hmm. And I think the thing about this stuff in particular is, as interesting as this stuff is, I hate how much this is pulling away mindshare from a lot of the much, much bigger issues happening right now. Part of this is part of the reason I wanted to give the trigger warning is like, right now in Tennessee, horrible things are happening. They're trying to get Democratic members of, I believe, their Senate um, kicked out because they were protesting with children over the shooting that happened in Tennessee. They just want to live their lives. And they were equating that to the insurrection on January 6th. Like... That is small change. In Florida alone right now, I've 
been keeping a list up. Here's every single anti-LGBTQ bill. You ready? It's a lot. Uh, no. Criminalizing gender-affirming care for trans youth. Criminal, partially criminalizing gender-affirming care for trans adults. Legalizing the kidnapping of trans kids. Criminalizing trans people using public bathrooms. Branding pride of, and drag events. Expanding the Don't Say Gay Law to all public and private schools. Banning all discussion of queer people at every grade level. Yes, that includes college. Banning trans people from updating their birth certificates. Banning insurance coverage for gender-affirming care for trans adults. Banning LGBTQ plus books in schools. Also, like, just anything that covers racial integration in schools as well. Uh, revoking the operating license of businesses that don't comply with the bathroom ban. Placing trans women in jails and prisons with men. Which, you know, could, if they've had gender-affirming care, could severely lead them to an extreme risk of rape. Forcing misgendering of students and criminalizing telehealth for gender-affirming care for adults. All of that is in effect right now. It is being or not in effect. It's being voted on right now in Florida government. And no, we're not talking about that. Like we're talking about Disney. And, and I get it. One, that's the job. And that's that's one state in one country. When these kinds of conversations are happening across the globe in any country where there is a strong right-leaning political agenda the whole like why is the way that people want to live their life so like why are people so petty over this i don't understand if someone wants to live their life identifying as anything it doesn't impact you in any way whatsoever just treat people the way they want to be treated like I was raised Catholic. I'm not a practicing Catholic today. I was raised Catholic. I don't agree with 99% of what I was brought up to believe. The one thing that has stuck with me through all these years is treat other people the way you would want to be treated. If I was someone who identified as non, like if I was not a cisgendered white male, I would want people to treat me as a human being and not trample on my rights the way that is happening across the globe. And it's just, it's... I mean, we're even at the it's, point right now where the, the, NAC, the NAACP is trying to get a travel ban for Florida, and they're going to get it. Florida it's, is genuinely going to become dangerous to visit. And again, we're coming at this as a place where we're talking about fucking Disney. As yeah. much as I love it, as much as I love the company, and like this actually following this particular case of law has been something that's been very interesting to me and has been a weird oasis away from the significantly more serious stuff. It doesn't matter. Disney's going to be in a here in a hundred years. Ron DeSantis isn't like, yeah. but these laws that are being put into effect right now are going to kill children and they're going to ostracize people into terrible, terrible places. And seeing all of that is so fucking frustrating. Uh. And, and all of this is focused on one company when we have a much bigger issue to talk about here. The state of the U.S. is fucking frustrating. And I can yell and scream about it all all I want. And I know that one, as one person, I'm not going to make change. I know that no one gives a shit about this listening to our podcast. I sincerely doubt many people made it this far and if you've made it this far into this podcast like thank you for hanging out with us and, and listening and hopefully empath empathizing 
yeah, empathizing. Yeah, that seems right. Yeah, empathizing with it with us on this. Like, I think the other thing too <sighs> is you hope that someone who get who is open. Like, that's the biggest thing that I see as as an outsider to the American political system is there isn't a dialogue over any of this. There isn't a conversation happening as to why someone feels a certain way and why those views are different and having that dialogue of, well, where, where can we find common ground to make it so that all people are treated as fairly and equally as they can be in the society? It, it's just this total like polar behavior of, if you don't think the way I think you're a bigot from, from folks on the left and on the right, if you don't think the way that I think, you're a child molester, I guess. Like it's it's, it's worse than that, even though. It's like the, awful. a lot of a lot of that narrative of hey, the both the ends on both sides are really bad. Don't get me wrong. There's people on the left that are being assholes on the internet. Yeah, yeah. but most of what is considered radical left at this point is people just wanting rights. <laughs> is people just wanting to be left yeah. alone? I am considered radical left because I'm like leave people the fuck alone that's that's not cool and then the other side is like eh, yeah we're just gonna kind of casually try to start committing genocide like it's just it's it's I, I hope that i hope that folks that are listening to us if you're still here at this point again thank you and if you weren't aware of or if if you were loosely aware of all of this happening and weren't fully convinced one way or another if you were part of that majority that is sort of just in the middle hemming and hawing either way, depending on the specific issues, these issues are going to affect children's lives, adults lives. These are going to, this is going to impact future generations. This is going to impact like there, people are going to die in the state of Florida, in the state of Tennessee, all across the United States, all across the globe, looking at countries like Italy, even looking at Canada and the fact that the leader of the, the right like the center right leaning party is now the more popular person to be the head of state or the head of the country when there's another election. And that's something that's concerning to me because I would rather see us. I'm, I'm more aligned with you Griffin where I'm quote unquote, the radical left. Cause I agree that all hum, all human beings deserve equal rights and equal share of everything that we have as a society. There's no reason that anyone should be ostracized because of the color of the skin, the, the, what, what, what's in their pants. What's like, like that doesn't How they matter. See themselves. We're, like we're, we're human. Yeah. You can be whoever you want to be and should be treated equally in the eyes of society. Like that's not radicalism. That's just human decency. And I want to just see us maintain that, like build up a place where people can feel safe and welcome and, Interestingly enough, I was at a I was at a hockey game last night to make it very Canadian again. And the team was having their annual Pride Night. And there's been a lot of controversy in the NHL of players refusing to wear Pride jerseys or refusing to participate in Pride ceremonies because of their religion. Or a, a bigger one now is a ton of Russian players specifically are opting out of these celebrations because there is anti LGBTQ plus legislation in Russia, where if you are, fa if you are promoting gay rights, they can, you know, cause serious harm to you and your family, which is evil and should not exist anywhere in the world. So I understand 
like I understand players' reluctance to participate for those reasons if they're worried about their friends and family if they were to be vocal one way or another. But also, some people are like, just doing it because they're homophobic. They're doing it because they're homophobic. It like and like being at that game last night, the team didn't actively wear pride jerseys like a lot of other teams in the league have, and that was something they've they've never done that historically. But one of the players who has been a vocal advocate for, for gay rights participates in the gay pride parade in Toronto every year. He's been a vocal advocate for inclusion in hockey and hockey is one of the most exclusionary sports in the world. If you don't know how expensive it is to put a kid through hockey and the fact that, you know, 90 to 95% of players in the NHL are white, white dudes, like hockey bros is a thing. And it's, it's unfortunate that it is that way. And I'm hoping hockey becomes more inclusive and more open to all. Um, for for folks that are in that position of privilege who were able to afford to be brought up through this system that is it is exclusionary due to the cost to be vocal and outgoing of like his statement was we're, we're not wearing pride jerseys we've never worn pride jerseys we're going to have a decal on our helmets all night instead of wearing a pride jersey just in warm up but our actions speak louder than our words or or like let let the way we act and the way that we present ourselves in the way that we advocate for these things be more than just one night, be more than just an event. Let it be the way we live our lives, the way we present ourselves and the way we, you know, try and make this a more inclusive place for everybody. And that's really all that people at the end of the day, like that, that's what people are fighting for. You shouldn't need to fight for the right to belong because you belong. If you are listening to this and you have ever felt like you do not belong I'm here to say, as someone who is in a position of privilege, who needs to learn more, who needs to become a better ally to folks like yourself, I want you to feel like wherever I am, you belong, you are welcome, and you are loved, and you should never feel like you should never feel like you don't belong, because that's we are all part of the human race. We all have equal right to share a place on this planet, and that's that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, to bring this back into the context of this of in particular really just Ron DeSantis of why this is so terrifying is both in the terms of this pettiness against Disney as well as this insistence to fight the LGBTQ community like his whole his whole statement of Florida is where woke goes to die which is a word the right has used so much that it has lost its meaning for what it's worth. And it came up on this damn call. As soon as I heard that, I my head was in my hands. <laughs> oh yeah. I, I lost that guy as soon as he said uh LGBTQIA plus and however many other letters you want to add. I was like, okay, like, I don't oh, trust no. you anymore. Buckle in. <laughs> um or really we should have seen it at the elephant in the room. But we'll we'll it's get to that. Elephant in the room unless you're making an elephant. The th Fuck these people. The th terrifying thing about Ron DeSantis in particular with all of that is with how bigoted he is. With the measures he's putting in place to essentially have total control on Florida. And as we see, not just in Florida, we see it everywhere of the U.S. slowly dip more and more into fascism. With Ron DeSantis, that Ron DeSantis is going to be running for president. And Ron DeSantis has a very good shot of winning the Republican, nom Republican nominee. And anything that that man does in as president can be horrifying. Uh, and it, it with the repercussions. Well, it's that and like there was there was always the 
possibility, a strong possibility that Donald Trump, even if he did not get that nomination, was going to get himself nominated as an independent, mm, which for for the left could have been a very good thing because you're now splitting that right leaning vote multiple ways. It makes it more easy for a left leaning politician to win the not to win the presidency. If any of these charges he is charged with are if he's found guilty of any of them, he cannot run for president anymore in the United States. Mm-hmm. And it is people, law that you can. Yeah. A, a chunk of those people will go to DeSantis. Like, obviously, they're not mm-hmm. going to go to the Democrat. Yeah. <laughs> if anything, they'll probably just write in Trump. Well, but I was going to say either they'll write in Trump or they will choose not to vote. That That's what we like in the last few municipal and provincial elections that we've had here it has been a record low turnout because there haven't been politicians that you can get behind depending on your political affiliation. Mm-hmm. So you're more likely to just see a major dip in the number of people that are actually voting and that right-leaning vote won't turn out because they don't like the guy that got the nod mm-hmm. if it's not Trump. The, the Trumpers will not show up. So it'll be interesting to see how that all goes. But we're not talking about that. I mean, we are. We are, we are, we are but we're not. But we election, are. But it's like, it, just, it feels so odd. So let's like, let's end this on a higher note, which to get there, we have to take a low, a low road first um, within that last question that I want to talk about here, which was this horribly homophobic question from William Russell of New York. I'll tell you what, another person who is concerningly easy to find. Um, his question, and I have it verbatim here, was... Would it not be beneficial for the company to ditch the LGBTQIA plus and gender ideology for good? Again, his words, not mine. If you are really interested in refloating Disney, please turn Disney back to the apolitical fun place it used to be. And I bet you'll win back both the trust of families and the stock market. Before we get into any of his homophobia, let me remind you folks of a little movie called Dumbo. With the racist crows. Let me remind you of another movie called Song of the South that Disney has tried to expunge from its history. That Everything. was hideously racist. Let me remind you folks about a little movie called Peter Pan that we talked about recently in the Peter Pan and Wendy uh, trailer reacts, which was, again, extremely racist. How about Lady and the Tramp? That was mildly misogynistic. Or all of these other I, It movements. was not mild. They were not mild about that misogyny. To be honest, I haven't watched Lady and the Tramp in a very long time, so I don't remember it it's, too well. It, it, it's not a good look. Mm-hmm. Or let's talk, let's talk about how Disney actively was helping the U.S. during World War II. That was a great thing that Disney did. That's political. Disney's never been apolitical. There was no such fucking thing as apolitical. But let me read y'all some of the the generalized stuff. I'm never. I'm not going to verbatim any of this guy's bullshit. Again, William Russell from New York, um, saying stuff like Disney has turned from a place of magic to an ideological company for lobbyists that want that groom children or weirdly going after the San Francisco gay men's chorus for a parody song. Yeah, that was odd. (laughs) Or seeing how your films are promoting the woke agenda. It's like, okay, dumbass. But the one that, the one that had me dying of, you just don't understand shit was him talking about dozens of highly sexualized gay pride parades in Disney parks worldwide. Like, dude, do you know what a pride parade is? 
I mean, I'm assuming they they think it's someone in a colorful costume dancing to music. In which case, they're not. Wrong. I guess this is they're the side that wants to ban drag. So, which again, they don't understand yes, because, what drag is. Yes, because drag is a much greater risk to our children's future than the guns that are in classrooms murdering them. Exactly. Um, what was interesting about this dude's question is that he also cited a few different statistics, citing the loss of 2.4 million subscribers in the last quarter, which was largely related to a lot of issues with Bob Chapek. Uh, he also well, also so, the economy and the general shrinking of people's you know disposable mm -hmm. income. Oh, speaking of that, he also attributed the recent layoffs to this uh, again. Because, of the course, the woke agenda would get people fired. My favorite one here, though, is that he reference to the drop in stock value at Disney, which was specifically related to Bob Chapek. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, this dude didn't even understand the own arguments he was making. And honestly, props to Bob Iger for handling this the way he did. He said these like words, his adult? words, you mean like an adult? Yeah. He said his words significantly nicer than I would have. I would have absolutely told this guy to go fuck himself. As I am saying right now, will go fuck yourself. Never going to hear this. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely Although not. If he does, I am like, how? But I cannot wait to see some of these YouTube comments, given that we've got an hour into what was going to be a short conversation. This is still a short conversation for us, and you know it. Um, yeah, I know. But we got some really, really interesting quotes here. Quotes that, frankly, give me a little bit of hope, which is kind of that thing I've been saying of like, hey, this fucking sucks, but we do still need to have some hope. Hope is what's going to get us through this. Hope is what's going to make everything better. Um, I'm going to kind of just cherry pick a few quotes out of this. Again, honestly, go watch Bob Iger's response to this. I'm sure it's been clipped out somewhere because it's extremely good. But one, of, a couple of the ones he said is, we've been telling stories for hundred for a hundred years that are aimed at entertaining and inspiring families all over the world, and we're extremely proud of the positive impact we've had on billions of people over that hundred year period of time for generations. The stories we've told have touched people's hearts because they've been infused with right values. They've celebrated heroes, emphasized the value of family and friendship. They've instilled a steady faith in the belief that good triumphs over evil, that tomorrow is always brighter than today, which is such a fucking powerful, powerful message. But when talking, stop looking at, I gotta stop looking at Twitter sometimes. Oh yeah, because as we're talking about this, what comes through my feed is a wonderful podcaster that I met at a conference a few weeks ago, calling out the same kind of bigoted bullshit from someone running to be mayor of my city, who is basically saying that it is not appropriate for students at a school to perform skits and define social justice terms as part of their learning. Oh man, people, um, keeping it with this quote of the, another part of this here. I tried to give people some hope. <laughs> um, I'm really trying. We've recently gotten criticism, as you just expressed, for what some perceive to be agenda-driven content. I'm sensitive to that, actually. Our primary mission needs to be to entertain and then, through our entertainment, to continue to have a positive impact on the world. And I'm very serious about that. Admittedly, when we first said that, I got immediately concerned because that could sound extremely wrong. It could be a bit, it could be taken in the the, the wrong context. Direction. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. he goes on to say, um 
it should not be agenda-driven. It should be entertainment-driven. That should be the goal in all our stories. And while I know we're just never going to please everyone all the time, we should be sensitive to the fact that parents have different levels of comfort with the content that is delivered to their children. Talked about parents for a little bit. We are committed to delivering age-appropriate content for family audiences while also telling stories that reflect the world around us and that foster a greater understanding, greater perspective, greater perspective, greater acceptance of all people. It's just my hope that Disney continues to be a source of hope and optimism for the world. It takes us back to my, my, my point from earlier. Treat people like people. We all deserve that same level of respect. You might not agree with someone's choices in life, but you have to respect that they are capable of making decisions for themselves and teaching other people why it's okay to not fit what people determine as the status quo because the status quo, as I'm doing air quotes for our audio listeners is only the way it is because Western society decided that was the way it was going to be based on the Bible, which is fictional and was written over 2000 years ago by some dudes in a cave. And also rewritten by like a dozen other people since then. Also that. Yeah. No, this, this particular quote from, uh, from Bob Iger has been one I've been thinking about a lot ever since this happened. Um, The annual shareholder meeting was, couple days ago monday monday we are currently recording this on wednesday the april 5th uh 2023 i feel like I, we probably should have said that earlier but last year we yeah, are things can change rapidly in the next couple of days before the, the this comes out mm-hmm. especially talking about this like i follow a couple of political podcasts that go over all this stuff and they have to put episodes out like every couple of days because it just doesn't stop um God, i feel so bad for them but now i kind of wrap this up this quote's been something i've been thinking about a lot a, a lot like we hang out every week and we talk about disney and we talk about star wars and we talk about marvel and we talk about these fun, really really fun entertainment pieces and we have a good time doing it yeah talk about idaho for a second <sighs> yeah breaking news idaho governor quietly signs abortion trafficking bill into law tonight this law restricts interstate travel to receive abortion care. Yeah, if you live in Idaho and are a woman, leave. Come to Oregon. We're Your right state here. does not care about you. You are less than human to the people deciding your health care. And that is fucked up. Yeah. Sorry, you wanted to end on a high note, and I saw yeah. that on Twitter. And need to close Twitter while we're recording. Close Twitter right fucking now, because I'm going to it's end gone. this. Gone. So like I said, this quote is something I've been thinking about a lot of. We talk about Disney every week. We talk about something that, while entertaining, while fun, is something that ultimately isn't super consequential for the world as it is. As it is, it's it is a form of escapism in a time where we all need it more than ever. And that's the thing I'm getting. I I struggle with here. Like you know, the world's on fire and people are struggling to survive. And here we are talking about Disney. Yeah. So I, I wanted to take this episode, this episode talking about the shareholder meeting for an hour and ten minutes to remind y'all that hey, bigger things are happening outside of this, but it is still okay to hang out with your friends for a little bit and talk about Disney to take that escapism that you need every once in a while. Don't fully go into it. Don't forget what the world is happening permanently But for that little bit of time. You need step away. If you can, it 
in all of this, I am still significantly more concerned about people than I am about companies, about shows, about politics. Like, ultimately, all of this is coming down to people, and we need to protect people. If you are not okay, it is okay to not be okay, but know that we want to be here for you as a form of escapism every time we get together and chat about this kind of stuff. We want to be here for you if you need someone to talk to. We're, we're here. There are healthcare professionals ready. Find those who are available to you in the area that you live. I, I know that that varies country to country, state to state, city to city, but you know, the resources are there. Seek it out if you, if you can, if you need it. Um, I just want to help. Like it, it's hard to sit here and enjoy the kind of conversation that we do knowing we're doing it from a place of privilege where we don't have to worry about where our next meal is coming from, whether the, you know, city we live in is, building up to a place where they're going to try and limit our rights or kill us. Like there's, we, we, we don't have as much of that to have to contend with, or at least I don't, like I've said before, I, I, I come from a place of privilege in that I don't need, I don't have as many of these concerns in my day to day. Like it, it breaks my heart to know that there are people out there that do have to worry about a lot of this stuff and shouldn't need to. Like, I've never had to think that someone is going to refuse to believe that if I have a child one day, that that child is mine. Or that if I wanted to be with my partner, my wife, no one is going to bat an eye at that. And there are areas of the world and areas of Western civilization that are fighting to restrict laws of people for those very basic things that I get to enjoy every day. And I, I would take for granted at times. And I should be and want to be a better ally for those who are in these situations and fighting through these causes because there's no reason why anyone shouldn't have the same rights that I do. Like it's, it's just that simple. I was brought up Catholic to treat others the way I want to be treated. I want to be treated with respect and have these rights and everyone else deserves the same damn thing. And anybody out there that is using Christianity or Catholicism to restrict the rights of people for those reasons, go and read the goddamn book. Cause that is the uh, that central is... rule of that. And almost every religious text on this planet is to treat others the way you would want to be treated. If you would ever want to be treated this way, I don't get what kind of misogyny you're into. Cause this is fucked up and needs to change. Yeah. It's another hour and a lo- half long podcast. Just getting into that one. Yeah. So we're going to wrap it up folks. Again, if you've been here, thank you. Take time for yourself. I know we all need it. I know a lot of us aren't going to take it. So please, please take care of yourself. We will be back next time with another episode about some stupid thing. We're here. We're dealing with it. We are here. If you need to talk to somebody, all of our socials are in the links below and whatnot and everything. Normally we have this whole spiel at the end. That's very fun and whatnot, but protect yourself. Stay safe. And we will be back in another episode. Thank you.